Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Richer. So you're listening to episode number six, and today we're going to be talking about something that affects approximately 70% of Canadian households. And yes, I'm talking about debt. Debt's one of those financial things that most people try to avoid thinking about. It has this way, you know, of creeping up on you. It overwhelms you, and ultimately it has a very negative impact on your future. But more than just talking about debt, I'm going to give you five steps to follow. In fact, you'll probably do the first four steps so well that you'll skip the fifth step altogether. And you'll see what I mean later on. So in these four steps, you'll be able to regain control and start to steer yourself in the right direction. Welcome to Living Richer with Mark Shimkovitz, Vice President at Raymond James Private Client Group, one of Canada's largest independent investment firms. In this podcast, he'll share with you the things you need to know and things you need to do to build a smart financial plan. Follow along with Mark and learn how to invest wisely, avoid financial mistakes, and navigate life's curveballs without fear. Now, let's get started. In the last episode of Living Richer, we talked about budgeting, and I said that budgeting is not a four-letter word. Well, debt, of course, actually is in more ways than one. As always, I'm your host, Mark Shimkutz, and today I want to help you really start to get control of your debt. But I want to start off by giving you a few statistics on where we stand right now in terms of debt. There are a few ways to look at it. On average, Canadians are indebted at 177% of their disposable income. And that means that for every dollar of household after-tax income, Canadians owe $1.77, which is pretty much at its all-time high. Now, by comparison, back in 1990, so 30 years ago, the number was 86 cents. The situation for some Canadians is even bleaker. Approximately 1 in 10 Canadian households has debt levels of 350%. So if you're struggling with debt, as you can see, you're not alone. Now, if there's a silver lining, it's with the ability of Canadians to service their debt. And that's because there's been a fairly steady decline in interest rates since the early 90s. Sorry, since the early 80s, actually, since 1982. In fact, the debt servicing costs haven't really gone up over the past 30 years. They've stayed in the 15% range. And if you want to know where you stand, in the show notes, I'm going to attach a link to a simple debt service calculator. Even though we've taken on more and more debt over the years, because interest rates are so low that's allowed us to keep those monthly payments in a very manageable range. The question is, how long is it going to stay that way? Well, you know, nobody knows for sure. But within the investment industry, there are a lot of expectations that interest rates will remain low for longer. What does that mean? I don't know, a couple of years? If there's one thing the pandemic's taught us is that a lot can change in a couple of years. But if and when interest rates do start to rise, for those who have large amounts of debt, meeting the higher and higher monthly payments will become more and more difficult. And that's why, while interest rates are still low, now is a good time to take action. I know how scary it can be to face the debt challenge head on, but I can promise you that there is a way out. Now, unfortunately, it's not magic and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take time and it's going to take sacrifices. But if you follow the steps that I take you through today, you will start to get out in front of it. 
In the last episode of Living Richer, I talked about the importance of budgeting and took you through the steps to create an effective budget. During the podcast, I touched on debt and the importance of including debt repayment as a priority in your monthly budget, but I didn't go into detail about debt. The difference between you know good debt and bad debt and how to manage it, how to reduce it, and how to get out from under it. So that's what we're going to tackle today. And I hope that if you're in a situation where you are struggling with debt, by the end of this episode, you'll feel empowered to be able to take those steps forward. Okay, let's start by looking at debt in general. So as I mentioned, There's good debt and there's bad debt. But what exactly is bad debt? Bad debt comes when you borrow money, either through a credit card or through a line of credit, to buy something that is either of a depreciating value or it was a one-time expense, a number of dinners out, vacations, things that you couldn't afford to pay cash with at the time. Think about it this way. Anytime you pay someone else money for something that you can't afford, it's never a good idea. The other problem with bad debt is it typically comes with very high interest rates. An example would be those payment plans for appliances or credit card debt. An example of good debt, on the other hand, would be, say, a mortgage. Let's face it, few few people can afford to buy a house outright, so you borrow the money. But Because the lenders are providing you with a loan for something that's good collateral, they feel comfortable that the value of your home will cover the amount that they've lent you. A benefit to the homeowner is that when you take out a mortgage, you're paying fairly low interest rates. One of the biggest problems with debt is that it's so easy to snowball. You can't end up making your payments. You need to pay higher and higher interest rates, which will then mean it becomes increasingly more difficult for you to pay it back. See, the thing about debt is that it helps others get rich while keeping you from building your own wealth. Lenders and banks, they they count on the fact that you're not going to be able to pay down your credit card or your loan in full so that you'll be forced to continue to pay them high interest on their loans. That's how they make money. Okay, so you've got debt. Maybe you've got a lot of debt and it seems too overwhelming to take the steps to get out from under it. It's not. There are four steps that you need to take. And yes, I will cover the fifth step. But as I said before, hopefully you'll do such a great job. You won't get to that fifth step. But before we dig in, I just want to tell you one very important thing. Interest rates are low. They may go up. Your income may be solid, but it could go down. Both of those things would result in unserviceable debt. You might not be facing it now, but it could just be around the corner. So the sooner you put a plan in place, the better off you'll be. I've met with so many people who have let debt get out of hand simply because they were too scared to face the situation head on. But I promise you, it's never too late. And the sooner you put a plan in place, the better you'll feel. So here we go. The first thing you absolutely must do is make debt repayment a priority in your monthly budget. This is going to come right after your necessary monthly expenses. You'll need to decide how much you can set aside each month, but it should be as much as you can manage. The trick is to look for every spare dollar you can find in your budget to pay off the debt. It's time to go on a spending freeze. That means shaving some of those nice-to-haves, and it's where you'll also have to take a hard look at the sacrifices you're going to need to make. Things like eating out, maybe date nights, daily Starbucks, they all fall under the category of nice-to-haves, and there are lots of ways to cut back on the necessities as well. 
apps like Flip, which can help you find the best prices on groceries. You'll be surprised at how much money you can actually save. I know it can be tough, but it won't be forever either. And the stress relief you'll get from reducing your debt will be worth it. I promise. Number two, pay down your debt one loan at a time. There are a number of ways to pay down your debt, but the two most popular are called the snowball method and the avalanche method. I'll quickly explain how each works and we can talk about which one I think might be a better approach. In the snowball method, which was made famous by a popular debt expert, Dave Ramsey, he says that you pay off the debt with the lowest balance first, regardless of the interest rate. That means you put everything you can towards the smallest debt in order to pay it off as quickly as possible. And at the same time, though, you got to remember, you're still going to pay the minimum on all other debts. Once you pay off the smallest debt, you then start to take on the next largest debt and you move on up the ladder. While this isn't the fastest or even the most financially prudent way to pay off debt, the big upside to doing it this way is the psychological benefit of seeing tangible results to your efforts sooner. And as you start to see those results, you get motivated and it starts building momentum and keeps you moving forward. And there's actually evidence to back this up. It's based on the fact that we all like to see successes. So Harvard Business Review did a study and found that a higher percentage of people using this method did end up paying off all their debt when compared to those using other strategies. And since the goal really is ultimately to increase your odds of becoming debt-free, then it makes sense to use the snowball method. I'll include a link to that um, Dave Ramsey show where he talks about it in my show notes on the website. Okay, so let's take a quick look at the avalanche method. It's similar to the snowball method, but here you pay off the debt with the highest interest rates first. So you're going to rank your various debts from lowest interest to highest interest. You pay off the one with the highest interest rates first and move down. There's no doubt that you'll get out of debt faster using this method because you're tackling the debt that's causing you the most harm first. The downside to this method is that the debt with the highest interest rate is often the one with the largest balance. So even though you're paying off your debts faster, it might take you longer to tick that first debt off the list and to see tangible results. And for some, it's hard to stay motivated when you aren't seeing quick results. So which method do I recommend? Well, as a numbers guy, I want you to do the avalanche method. It's the most efficient way of paying off debt. But I recognize the importance of psychology and what a huge role that plays in people's financial decisions and successes. So ultimately, you need to know yourself. I can't give you the right answer. What are you going to be motivated by? Knowing you'll get out of debt faster or that you'll start to see results sooner? At the end of the day, though, any action you take is beneficial. Number three, and this one should really go without saying, but I'll say it anyways. Don't create more debt. This one is really important and one where a lot of people get tripped up. If you continue to add new debt in one place while you're paying off existing debt in the other, you're not going to be making any headway. You need to become cash flow positive. In other words, 
you absolutely must get your total expenses to be less than your total take-home pay, period, full stop. Here's where the discipline and the sacrifice really does start to kick in. It's not worth embarking on any journey if you continue with the spending habits that got you into trouble in the first place. It's not going to be easy. Nobody likes to feel deprived. You'll really need to sort of reframe what's important to you. But what I can tell you is that I've worked with a number of clients who have gone through this process. And once they get past that sort of initial hump, they don't feel deprived. In fact, most tell me that they feel empowered. They realize that what they thought was important to them before really wasn't. For example, one of my clients was paying for an expensive gym membership every month when we went through uh, her budget and literally hated going there to work out. So she started running outside to save money. She found her passion and she actually ended up completing the Toronto Marathon last year. Obviously, that's not going to happen to everyone, but you might just find yourself enjoying some of the simple pleasures that you didn't pay much attention to before. Number four, cut up the credit cards. Studies have actually shown that people tend to spend at least 15% more on everything when they buy using credit. If we apply this concept to the average Canadian household that currently buys everything with credit cards to collect points or get cash back, they would likely save over $3,000 a year if they only put things, only paid for things rather, with cash instead of putting them on credit. And Here's the thing to remember. The points or the cash back on that money is usually only around 1% or 2%. Impulse spending is a lot easier if you can just pull out the credit card and worry about it later. It's the reason that so many people get into debt in the first place. So if you want to get out of debt, my advice is to leave the credit cards at home, use cash, don't buy things with credit until your finances are back on track. And, and even still, after that, maybe you don't go back on uh, onto credit. Number five, the last point in terms of helping yourself get out from under debt might be the most extreme. And hopefully you're not going to get there. If you feel like you've tried everything, you've spoken to a financial advisor, you really don't see any other solution, you, then you might need to talk to a credit counselor about a consumer proposal. It's a way of eliminating all your debt. Although most people have heard of and are familiar with bankruptcy, a consumer proposal typically makes a lot more sense. And what that is, is a legal process that can be used to deal with your debts when you don't qualify for a debt consolidation loan or debt management programs and you don't want to go bankrupt. Only licensed insolvency trustees can administer these consumer proposals. With a consumer proposal, your bankruptcy trustee sends out a quote-unquote proposal to all of your creditors asking if they will accept a payment of less than the full amount of your debt. Creditors who hold at least half of your debts must agree to the proposal for it to work. If enough of your creditors don't agree to the proposal, you won't be able to do it. But the stats show that about 98% of all consumer proposals are successful. And the reason is the creditors receive more of what they're owed as compared to personal bankruptcy. And since creditors typically receive less from a consumer proposal than they would from other debt solutions available to Canadians, they would want to know that all other options have been exhausted. 
The key, therefore, is to show that you've already tried credit counseling, you've already tried debt consolidation or other solutions without success. And hey, if you actually do go through those steps, there's a good chance you might not end up filing for a consumer proposal. Another thing actually that you need to know um, is that if you aren't able to consistently make your payments on the program, your proposal collapses and you aren't able to file another one, you may then need to file for bankruptcy. There are several advantages to using a consumer proposal to deal with your debts, and that would include the fact that you pay no interest, you repay less than you owe, and of course you avoid bankruptcy. Some of the disadvantages would include that it is a legal process. Once you start it, you can't leave. It's reported on your credit report and it negatively impacts your credit rating while you're on the program and then for another three years after you're done. Now, since the typical program is going to last anywhere from four to five years, your credit might be affected for seven to eight years. With this or any other strategy, I think that one of the most important factors in determining long-term success over debt comes down to education and support. Although this episode can provide you with an overview of debt and how to deal with it, it really is just the start. If you're dealing with debt, you need to get started right away. Take those first little steps and you'll see how much better you feel. I hope you found today's episode useful. And if you're dealing with personal debt, I hope you've learned that you can get out from under it. It's going to take time, perseverance, even sacrifice. But I can promise you that once you acknowledge where you are and you take those steps forward, you'll feel a huge sense of relief and accomplishment. And if you want more information on the topic, you can reach out to me via my website, markshimkovitz.com. And as always, if we're not connected on social media, please reach out to me through LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Just type in my name in the search bar and you'll find me. Uh, I guess that's one of the benefits of having a name like Shimkovitz as compared to Smith. (laughs) A little harder to spell, but easier to find. Also, if you want to receive my free newsletter and you're not on my email list, shoot me an email. I'll be glad to add you. The easiest way to contact me is, again, through the homepage of markshimkovitz.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Living Richer. Information in this podcast is from sources believed to be reliable. However, we cannot represent that it is accurate or complete. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors, and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax-related matters. The views are those of Mark Chimkovitz, and not necessarily those of Raymond James Limited. Investors considering any investment should consult with their investment advisor to ensure that it is suitable for the investor's circumstances and risk tolerance before making any investment decision. Securities-related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian.